0: Welcome to Know Thy Trauma, a podcast by Wellspring Solutions Counseling Services. We are a group practice of licensed professional counselors who are dedicated to helping people heal the loss and trauma that is part of the human experience. The content in today's episode could be potentially triggering, so please use discretion as you listen. If you find yourself triggered, we encourage you to pause it, engage in something that soothes you, and return when you're ready. And as always, we encourage you to seek out your own therapy
1: if needed. Hi, welcome to Know Thy Trauma podcast and today we're going to talk about Know Thy Narcissist because narcissists are everywhere and we all have to interact with them in one way or another.
0: Yes and I don't think many people know that there can be different kinds of narcissists.
1: There are a lot but before we go there I think we want to talk about what defines a narcissist. Like what's the definition of a narcissist? It's just such a weighty question. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that we would say is it's usually a person who is not developed in a way that they have become a full emotionally intelligent adult. Right. So their ability
0: to have empathy or certain emotional intelligence has kind of plateaued after certain Point in their life, maybe, right. or was never taught to them. Maybe. Right,
1: exactly. So it can be uh, a learned trait. If you were raised in a home in which there was another narcissist who didn't show good emotional regulation, who mm-hmm. didn't have emotional intelligence, and taught you manipulation or intimidation as a way to get what you need, you can learn it that way. Sure. Or um, you could also be in a situation where you didn't receive what you needed. Right. And so you yeah, had to
0: maybe be, find more sneaky ways, maybe manipulative ways to get those needs met. Um, and it just, like we've talked about within all of our past podcasts, all of this carries into our adulthood.
1: Yeah. And so it's lots of times. So when I draw a picture of a narcissist, I'll often draw an adult body with a little person inside. And when and that adult body can handle a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, they can have a job. They can have a home. They can take care of their home. They can manage a bank account. But they can't handle emotional things. Right. And so how they're handling the emotional things is more so tell, like telling if they're narcissistic or not. Right. Exactly. So if I were to try and confront a narcissist... Um, it would be turned back on me. Mm -hmm. They cannot, they have to deflect it. They have to push it away. Mm -hmm. So that little person can't handle hard things because they weren't equipped to handle hard things. Right. And so it's hard because that narcissist, the very thing that they need is the ability to deal with hard things, but that's the very thing that they keep pushing away. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to allow your kids to experience the natural consequences Sure,
0: yeah, absolutely, because as parents, you're there to help them, you know, power through what their natural consequences might be, and then they're knowing how to handle it outside of that, so protecting them from everything is a way to
1: sometimes create a mini-narcissist. Exactly, so sometimes, and we'll, we'll see that when we go over the f- different types, is sometimes we have individuals who have been enabled all through life, um parents writing people's papers in high school Mm -hmm. or uh, anything like that, when those parents aren't forcing these children to become adults, they become entitled and they can become narcissists. Right. So they might have gotten lots and lots of love, Mm -hmm. but too much.
0: Right. Well, it's (laughs) funny, like, thinking about it that way, I feel like some of... Some of the narcissists that I've, like, come in contact with in my life, I can picture them as, like, a, a spoiled adult, you know? Yeah. Thinking about it that way is, like, a kid who might be spoiled in a sense of, like, afraid, being afraid to punish your child, and then they they, you know, don't think that they're going to get consequences for anything or that they did nothing wrong.
1: Right, exactly. And so sometimes you'll see... Even in, in the world of addiction, you'll often see a, a co-personality uh, co, uh, uh, disorder of narcissism tied to addiction. Mm. No, not all addicts are that. Mm-hmm. But they grow up in homes where their parents are, do not give them consequences and they enable them mm-hmm. to become that narcissist and the addiction is their way of dealing with hard things. Right. So that's a whole other podcast in and of itself, (laughs) but I just went down a rabbit trail. Um, A bit of an example. To say (laughs) that when you enable your children or enable anyone in your life, Mm -hmm. they can become more and more entitled to um, to take privileges that they shouldn't be taking.
0: Right. And, And it's interesting because I think starting the podcast off this way, talking about narcissism, I would hope she would shed light on not this um, kind of, like, storytelling narcissist we always think of. Like, this big, buff, like, macho person is a narcissist all the time. Like, someone that's, yes, they can be obsessed with their appearance, but that's normally not the kind we, like, come across from, with most of the time.
1: No, generally that's not the people, and we get the victims of the narcissist in mm-hmm. her office, and that, that, that's rarely that type of person. Right. It's more covert um, mm-hmm. it's more um and we'll talk about that in a minute a, a, a different version of it that um as a result of being enabled
0: right yeah. it's not always the grandiose type of narcissist Absolutely. that um, i would say most media kind of has portrayed
1: yes that's um, true
0: for most of like i remember my friend had this giant report for college that she wanted to interview me for and she said when you think of a narcissist what do you think of and I, I said Gaston from Beauty and the Beast because oh, yes. that's what's like portrayed <laughs> to us the whole time Gaston. like very macho and like manly and I am I mean he probably was if, if we wanted to diagnose Gaston but, but that's, that definitely was that's the type that we're used to seeing so I think we're just educating like hey if you feel manipulated in your relationships perpetually this might be what's happening
1: absolutely um now i have the guest on song in my head <laughs> so, you're welcome right so all and this is the sad sad part because I, we have people all the time in this they'll say well can they change one percent mm. of narcissists yeah. change
0: i hate that statistic
1: i hate it too <laughs> and i believe me we've all tried it's it's yeah. we've tried and They can go so far Mm -hmm. and then they slip back. Mm -hmm. Um, They just... It's really hard for them to um, take down their defense coping mechanism. Yeah. Their coping mechanism to get through life is to deflect it onto other people. So it's really hard for them to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's... um it just goes, I think that statistic is important to know because it's just a reminder of, I'm sure if you've been to therapy, a therapist has said this to you in the past that you can't change the other person. And that's just, just st- that statistic <laughs> shows that you're really not in control of like the narcissist changing.
1: You, yeah, it it's, And that, I think that really helps people be Mm -hmm. able to have clarity because I've tried this, I've tried Mm -hmm. this, I've tried this, we've tried marriage therapy, we've tried this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is what you can do. You can do boundaries. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to fix that person, but you can do boundaries. Right, you
0: can do things to keep yourself safe, safer emotionally and... Make choices around that.
1: Right. And I'll even have narcissists who will maybe in the course of a conversation in my office admit to something. hmm But then an hour later can't own that they said that, can't own. So it's just they have such pro- just deep, deep protection modes mm-hmm. that it's really hard for them to stay in, in hard truths. For sure. Um, so, you know... They, they, and their inability to have empathy for other people Mm -hmm. and to really have a good apology Mm -hmm. would mean they would have to own things. Yeah. So they just can't do that.
0: Right. And just, yeah, I, I, the word like humility comes to mind that it's just like hard for a narcissist to like humble themselves that, you know, as people, we can harm others and just. You know, I think one of the telltale signs, like, we always talk about this. We'll always have clients come in and ask ask us if they're narcissists. And we usually tell them a narcissist doesn't ask if they're a narcissist. <laughs> and so it's because they're, most of those people are sitting in our office that have manipulated, have harmed, yes. are able to admit it. They're able to say, yeah, I am so distraught over, like, when I realized how poorly I've like manipulated this situation or how I like didn't think of my daughter in this way and was only thinking of myself you know there's that conviction there because we harm and we manipulate people if you haven't in your lifetime you're like a medical miracle I would say but how much <laughs> of it can we own you know
1: yeah no um and and I think for the people who are the victims of the narcissist. They get confused because when they call somebody out, Mm -hmm. it's deflected back onto them. And then they start questioning, maybe I am the... They're the bad guy. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. I am. Maybe it is me. Right. So,
0: yeah, that's why
1: we need to understand it. Mm -hmm. Because the second someone's deflecting it back on us, we need to be paying attention. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where confusion can set in if we're not clear on what just happened in that conversation. Right. Absolutely. So, why do we need to understand it?
0: Well, they are everywhere. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Right. And if you go on YouTube, you can find all kinds of... When your mother's a narcissist. When your father's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. When your boss is a narcissist. Mm -hmm. um, So many different um, videos on it, which we don't have the time to do.
0: No. But I think, like, if you're able to watch some of those and, and learn this stuff, what it does is kind of like what you said before, Sharon, it helps us know how to create boundaries within those atmospheres, you know, whether it's in your church or in your place of work, like how, how do I know if this person is unsafe and what can I do going forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll have clients say, well, why don't you call them a narcissist to their face? I'm like, that really wouldn't help the situation because they don't think that Mm -hmm. they're the problem. Right. Um, And so, even when they are called a narcissist, mm-hmm. it doesn't actually change anything. Mm-mm. People perceive that if they know that, they will change. No. yeah, and No. No. Right. Not going to happen. So this is going to be a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go over two of the five that we kind of feel connected with. If you go on, you can find lists of four, the three, 80, the 10. seven. It's so many out there. <laughs> but we just stuck with the five that we primarily... I have experience with. Yeah, and probably
0: help people walk through in our office the most, I would say.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, um, the first one is that vulnerable narcissist. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the most confusing one of all. Mm. Because they have this victim mindset that enables them to justify taking advantage of people or manipulating people and situations. So um, even if it justifies stealing from someone, Mm -hmm. they feel in their head some level of, I am victim, I I deserve, Mm -hmm. therefore I take. But they don't come off as... These grandiose personalities right. like Gaston. Not right, like a, <laughs> Exactly.
0: Or maybe not even like a mean person.
1: No, they could be the sweetest people on the surface that you could possibly mm-hmm. meet. Mm-hmm. But um, I often think of like even this this mother who cries every time you hold them accountable, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then puts it back on you. Sure. Um, that person can be very narcissistic and you don't recognize it because they're sweet and syrupy and mm-hmm. lovey-dovey, but it's all for you to take care of them.
0: Right. And and it, these people could also look like... Well, I feel like parents are just such an easy example to give. Um, if, if, like, a parent, you know feels sad about a kid moving to college or something you know and they're crying the whole time and saying things like I'm gonna miss you where what am I gonna do without you that feels very manipulative as well and if you try to say well mom like this is for me and and maybe they say something like yeah but I'm just gonna miss you so much there's there's no encouragement on the other end it's very and then you're confused right that confusion Mm -hmm. sets in like you're talking about like well maybe I should stay back maybe I am being selfish
1: Right, exactly. Or maybe there's another uh parent that's pushing for you to take care of mom's right. feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's easier for that parent to take care of mom's feelings. Just so please just take just to just make your mom happy. No, that's not really the goal. Remember, parenting is a one way street. Mm-hmm. And so when it's reversed in a reverse position for that child to take care of the parent, it gets really confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's their job to empower you to leave the home. Um, right. So. Right. And I
0: I would say, like, someone... So we're saying that someone would be considered a vulnerable narcissist if this is their, like, mantra for everything, kind of, like, you've always, like, felt from them. Like, we'll have clients come in and say, this is how my mom's always been. This is how my sister's always been. You know, this is how my, you know, spouse has always been. I, I guess I'm just trying to define there is a difference between someone that's always been between, like, some of the fleeting moments of having our victim oh, yeah. spirit come up sometimes.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, this person has always been this way. Right, right, right. And therefore, um, and there's a pattern of behavior in lots of different situations and mm-hmm. lots of different people groups in which it's about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a very non-threatening way Mm -hmm. they're crying they're asking for care Mm -hmm. they're asking for support Mm -hmm. feel sorry for me but it's it's really a way to get their that little person inside of them their needs met right is to take from other people but they portray themselves as these saintly individuals right right which is why If we had, like, a spectrum, I would put them on the most
0: confusing end of
1: things. (laughs) Yeah, they are the most confusing. They are a little harder to identify for Mm -hmm. most people because, well, I should feel sad for my mom. Right. Or I should do that for my dad. Mm -hmm. No. Right. No. But they... So it's very confusing. And they make it confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They make it confusing because they portray themselves as loving individuals.
0: Right. And most of us, you know, don't want to see the people we care about in pain emotionally. And that's where it gets confusing is like, okay, I feel like I should be doing something here when there. That's when that need for that boundary would come in, you know, and you would have to keep saying if we're going back to the other example, like. Well, Mom, this is, like, my time, my decision to go to college, you know, and that's what it's going to be, right? And it doesn't have to be mean or cold-hearted, but to not um, change your whole life, you know, for the sake of this person being a victim. Um, so that one's that one's pretty messy.
1: It is messy, <laughs> and we see these people in our office, and there's it's a hard one to untangle. Mm-hmm. Because they are kind of trauma bonded, right, to this person. Maybe,
0: maybe enmeshed to them, feeling responsible for their emotions. Definitely more, and that, and we, um, maybe we can give, maybe we can put this in the resource notes, the our five types of narcissist chart, because we have on the bottom. I like on it. It has some of them. We're going from the ones that portray themselves as more giving. To the ones that are more selfish, so the two, two we're doing today are more on the giving end, which I think actually is more confusing sometimes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, because they might cater to you, but mm-hmm. they're catering to you to get you to do something for them, right? Or to get what, or do get affirmation from you, right? So the second one we want to talk about is the covert narcissist, which is also really difficult to mm-hmm. identify. Um, because they're always giving to others as a means of getting others to affirm them mm-hmm. or, and, or as a uh, tool to manipulate
0: that person. Right. So would that look like someone that maybe like, and it doesn't really give a gift, right? Cause a gift is like something with no strings attached to this person will say, oh, but remember when I did this for you? Like, I worked so hard on this meal and you're not going to eat it or you, you know, I, you asked for this and now you're taking it back? Like, those feelings that leave you feeling, why well, I, I was grateful, but maybe, you know, you got the wrong color and I wanted I wanted a different color so you shouldn't be offended that I'm taking it back, right? Like, those little yeah. comments that keep us, like, questioning, I guess I should just be happy
1: yeah, exactly. Um, or um, this person um, might give to anyone in the community around them. Mm-hmm. Say they're at a church or, you know, in their social group. Somebody needs to move, they're there. Somebody needs something to fix that, they're there. They will do anything and every, want everything for everyone around them, mm-hmm. but it's for them to feel better. Right. It's for them to get the affirmation. Right. They love the affirmation. Remember, they have that little person inside that's not emotionally strong. Mm-hmm. So they, they're doing things to get affirmation. Mm-hmm. And that can be very confusing to the people who are part of that because this person says, look at all that I do for everyone. Right. I'm not a taker. Right. But, but when the person lives with that person and they refuse to deal with things and they refuse to have hard conversations and they refuse to do a lot of other things, they're like, so confusing. Mm-hmm.
0: Because
1: this person does, is the person for everybody. Mm. But you can't have a hard conversation.
0: Right. So maybe this one is considered covert because on the outside people are seeing them as the giving type, but maybe if you live with them or have an intimate relationship with them of some sort, that's not what you're experiencing. Right. You might so it's covert to everyone else.
1: Yes, exactly. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and and they can they could be via voiders, you know, mm, avoiders mm-hmm. who can't deal with hard things. Right. Now, that doesn't mean if you're an avoider, you're just a narcissist. Do not hear that. Ding, 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 ding. No, no, that's not true. (laughs) But the avoider who um, just constantly can't have, can't uphold boundaries in the home, can't hold financial boundaries, physical boundaries, whatever those things are, they just aren't willing to have the hard conversation Mm -hmm. and embrace that in their own home. Sure, sure. They may well keep the boundary out there in their real world, but mm-hmm. in their own home, their emotional regulation is more important. Mm-hmm. So they will cross the boundary. Got they won't yeah. have right. they won't have the conversation. They won't uphold the financial boundary because right. they can't handle it.
0: Yeah, this is this is making me think of the clients we get that are involved in churches. And their spouse is a covert narcissist, but to the church body, this person's very involved. Oh, yes. Maybe they're like an elder or, um, you know, on some prayer team or leading a small group. Now, don't hear me saying these people aren't Christians and aren't (laughs) believers. That's not what I'm saying. But these, I'm just thinking of those scenarios that like then you walk into your church community and no one believes you in the struggle you're experiencing at home because in the church community, this person is doing everything and everywhere and is constantly serving.
1: Yes. And this is really hard as it is with the vulnerable one to hold them accountable mm-hmm. because nobody else sees that. Nobody sure. else recognizes that. And so if this person were to have to go to someone and ask for assistance, maybe they go to their church to get themselves out of this situation. hmm it is really hard for leadership or pastor to recognize this person as not good because they don't see any part of that. Right, right. And
0: so the, it leaves the person that is a victim to their covert narcissism like very alone feeling.
1: Absolutely. And, and so we often find that person in our office because they don't know how to move forward. Because Mm -hmm. if they do, if they hold that person accountable, they will lose all their support system. Around them. Right. Um, And we refer to that support system on some level as they have become the flying monkeys. Yeah. (laughs) They have become the flying monkeys to that covert narcissist, whether that covert narcissist tried to do that or Mm -hmm. not but they will definitely kick it into full gear once that person tries to start holding them accountable they'll start meeting with the pastor Mm -hmm. they'll start talking about how how they they're trying so hard you know Mm -hmm. they'll say everything that they are doing Mm -hmm. and to the people who see them as these amazing givers and of course they, these people, unfortunately, become the flying monkeys. Right, right, because they're just kind of on board. Um,
0: yeah, that one's frustrating for us. We get a lot of those Yeah, victims of that in here.
1: It's hard for us to help create a, a brand-new support system when they're going through one of the hardest things of their life. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you don't understand flying monkeys... And you want to understand that more, Google that. You'll be able to find all kinds of articles on what is a flying monkey. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because these people eventually wind up doing the bidding Mm -hmm. of the covert narcissist, Mm -hmm. like the Wicked Witch did.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think these two are definitely, definitely on the giver's side because it's, it's, it's almost like when I think of it, it's like identity that's been like distorted, like giving is all that you are. So you get affirmation for it. when that's like, that's just not the reality. You're there's so much more to life than all these things. And so I think if anything, pay, pay attention to when you're feeling very confused in contact with these people, right. In the in your
1: relationship with them. Yeah, it, it is confusing. And, um, and, okay, I want to put this out there. Just because you're a giver doesn't mean you're a narcissist as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to keep telling people when they're not narcissists.
1: Because <laughs> um, your family shouldn't also experience you as a giver as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um if you're not doing it for affirmation, but just to bless the person, that's just completely different. <laughs> but we're just going to keep saying. Right. <laughs> and to keep reminding
0: yourself that it's it's when you're able to own your own stuff. Yeah. Right. A narcissist really can't own it. I think they can own it sometimes for a show to get what they want, to like keep a relationship intact, but... You know, we all make mistakes and we all have harmed people. It's at what level can we own our own, you know, unhealthiness, which is why most of us, like, that's the time we spend in therapy is addressing our own unhealthiness because that's what helps the most. We can't change the other person. So again, like our disclaimer, will keep saying is your inability to like genuine, authentically and genuinely apologize with the follow through of action.
1: Is, Absolutely.
0: Is if you, can't, if you can't do that, if someone's perpetually not doing that, then that would be more of a narcissist. But if you're able to apologize and change your actions, you're probably not
1: a narcissist. You're probably <laughs> not a narcissist. And, what, and we will also see the narcissist will somehow, somewhere along the line, one of their um, manipulation tactics will be to label you yeah. as a narcissist, yeah. and that blows the wa- blows people out of the water because mm-hmm. they learned well you do this, you do mm-hmm. this and you're and you're like me so again, that almost always will be a tactic of a narcissist sure to label you as such
0: yeah, and I think I think that gets confusing because at least I know with all types of the narcissists what is so confusing is they sprinkle like four percent of truth among the lies. oh yeah so you attach yourself to the truth and you're like well that part is true maybe you know like I did say that that one time for that one situation I guess you know and you're you know because you care if you're harming someone yeah you're stuck on that truth like sprinkled within the actual lie of what's happening right and that happens I think with all of these in some in some way shape or form
1: yeah, and the narcissist doesn't care that they're harming anyone. Right, exactly. It's just about how they feel. Right. Okay. So now that we've completely triggered you, and you're thinking and of all your friends and neighbors left. and parents and grandparents, <laughs> uh, now that you've done, now that we've done that, uh, <laughs> come back next time, and we're going to do part two. Yes. <laughs> Woo hoo! On uh, the other three, which are a little more easy to
0: recognize I would say but not any easier to deal with no <laughs> <laughs> sorry right so you know if this has triggered you again we are therapists and we would be an advocate of you go getting therapy for some of these things if you're have like one of these people in your life and would help would want help with creating boundaries and how to keep yourself safe
1: absolutely most therapists are capable of that yeah <laughs> okay thanks so much for watching and listening and go onto our socials and give us some good reviews yes please see you
0: guys Bye. for more information visit our website wellspringssolutions.com which is linked in our show notes along with any downloads or resources from today's episode if you have any questions feel free to dm us on social media and follow us on instagram and facebook at wellspring solutions original music featured in this episode is by christopher burkholder